and welcome to the ProGrace podcast. I'm Angie Wesley, and we are having new conversations about abortion. So today I'm joined by Denise. Hi, everybody. Hey, Denise. Lots, you've been on a lot lately that I've been <laughs> recording. And our dear friend, Laura McAlpine, who is the principal for La- McAlpine Consulting. I messed it up. <laughs> you told me right before the- <laughs> For growth. That's okay. <laughs> Say it. McAlpine Consulting for Growth. That is correct. So sorry. I see your signature all the time no on emails. Problem. I I I'm you're not the first person that I haven't gotten the title right. <laughs> and you're you were formerly had some other roles in Chicago. Yes. I was the policy director with the Illinois Caucus for Adolescent Health. And before that, I was the executive director of the Chicago Women's Health Center. Great. And we met you when you were consulting, I think, but Right. I was consulting by then. I had left the caucus. Um, so I think we met in 2011. Oh, my gosh. I know. Eight, Eight years, years ago. ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've just, to be honest about how our day has gone here in Chicago, it's totally raining. So we came in. We had lots of conversation because we're trying to do some bridge building. And Laura, you're working with us trying to <laughs> have those common ground conversations. Yes, that's right. So we were discussing the the way that's going. Um, and then you fed your chickens. Yes. <laughs> they had to After have- we fed ourselves first. Oh, some yummy, high oh, food. Right. Feed yourselves, then your chickens. Yes, right. Even <laughs> like on the airplane, put your mask on yourself right, first. Okay, right, exactly. Oh, my gosh. I'm still, I, I am thinking about the podcast. I'm also thinking about that curry. I just cannot get Thai food like that in <laughs> yeah. Colorado. So love Yum. coming back to Chicago. Yes. So uh, as I said, we're, we're working together to bring common ground in the abortion conversation. And we thought we'd talk about that. So we'll, we're planning on having some really honest discussion today. We've already given each other permission to ask tough questions. We're not going to press stop. So if any of us says anything <laughs> we don't like, we can just go back and reframe it. But want to model how to have these conversations. And we've been having these conversations for eight years. But I thought it'd be interesting to talk about mm-hmm. the first ones yeah. we had yeah. <laughs> and, and how that developed. Yeah, And before we say that, I mean, we're talking about this yummy lunch that we had. And this is probably the fourth yummy lunch and the second dinner. And I guess what I want to say is we've really become friends over the last eight years and just enjoy each other and love hanging out. But it didn't start out that way. (laughs) And so that's going to be the interesting and hopefully fun part of this conversation is to walk through how our relationship happened and what our journey has been and and here we are, yeah. Eight years later, and we're gonna have many we still more like each other. Yeah, yeah. we still like and each we other. We did start out friendly. Yeah, we were nice. We, but were we didn't nice. know each other. We were nice because yeah. we're from the Midwest. We're Midwest nice. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so we contacted you. So Denise and I were leading an organization in Chicago called Caris, which had been around for twenty years at the time, right? And we were well in eleven. We must have been four or five years into working there. And we wanted to write a grant, a federal grant, grant, which we knew nothing about. We hadn't done before or since, as we talked about today. Um, And so I posted on a website of CEOs looking for a grant writer, and someone forwarded that to you, Laura. It was my friend Robin Gable, who actually had been the executive director of Chicago Women's Health Center before me. So I met her in my 20s. She's now a state legislature legislator here representing Evanston. Um, but she was the executive director of the Illinois Maternal and Child Health Coalition okay, at, the, at time. the time. So that's why you knew her from that CEO okay, group. Okay, yes. 
Yes. And from what I remember, I don't remember what my role was then if I was director of client services or COO at the time, but you do I was it all, all the time, but so I, I do just... remember clearly that I was charged with writing this grant and it scared me to death. So when we got your name, I called you Laura and I was very excited because all I knew was that you could help me write a grant and that's all I needed to know. And I had no idea who you were. And I had no idea you had any knowledge or history of Karis. Right. And I hit play on the voicemail. I think I still literally had a physical voicemail machine. <laughs> and you very nicely said, hi, I'm Denise from Karis, and I'm looking for a grant writer. And I was like, what? And then you said, and I got your name from Robin Gable. And I thought, no, you didn't. <laughs> and I listened to you, and I was like, okay, I'm going to call her back. But before I called you back, I called Robin. And I said, Robin? They called from Karis. You referred Karis to talk to me? And she said, yeah, why? And I said, Robin, we tried to shut Karis down together for many years. You don't remember that? She said, oh, I forgot. Okay, forget it. Forget it. Don't call him back. I said, no, I'm going to call her back. Because I'm Midwest. Midwest. Nice. Right, right, right. Well, I said, you referred them to me. I said, I'll call her back and yeah. I'll just talk to her. She's not going to want to work with me. Mm. Oh, so you thought that would be the end uh, of it, the first conversation. Yeah. Well, because I knew I would have to be honest about yes. how I knew the organization. If you want to hire me as a grant writer, yeah. I have to say, oops, by the way, You're I tried to, to shut you down. Down. Are you still okay with that? Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and why would I raise money, help you raise money mm. if I was going to try and shut you down? Good point. Now I wanted to know, huh, should I still shut her down? Right. Or should mm. I listen? Yeah. So wow. I at yeah. least was going to be polite, call you back, yeah. gather some intel. Yeah. In some respects, I was like, hey, oh. this is a free way to find out what's going what's on at Karis these days. Oh, okay. Right. Not to be sneaky. No, because you're gonna not admit that. Right, right, right. <laughs> who I was, right. but... And yeah. that brings us to a good point. I wonder if it would help to tell our audience what was happening at Karis in those days. Well, and we weren't there, so we don't know exactly what was happening. So why don't you start with what you, is that what you mean? Like, no, I meant like what, what we were yeah, doing. What we were oh, doing. I thought you but meant you could even, you know, allude no, to that you guys as we're start, talking. I think yeah. it's better for you guys to talk about what is it yeah. that you came to understand about the practices of Karis yeah. and why then talking to me made right. sense. Yeah. Right. When right. we found out who you really were. Yeah, really <laughs> so yes, aside from what was going on with us writing this grant before we wrote the grant, um, and we share this on, on podcast one of this series of how Denise and I came from outside any of the pro-life, pro-choice abortion discussion. We'd both worked in nonprofit Christian ministry. And for both of us at different times coming in, we were uncomfortable with both the dialogue of how people were talking about the issue and some of the ways we were serving women. So we began a journey of soul searching. For us, we went to our faith. We looked at scripture. We read a lot of stories of Jesus, how we interact with people. We talked to pastors. We tried to talk to our staff. And it was a it was difficult. And I talk about this in other places of people thinking, oh, well, you're not doing the typical, what we've known as pro-life, so you must be slipping into pro-choice. That was our first taste of understanding how divisive this is and how there really have only been two categories to discuss this. And we're like, wait, we still have the same faith and moral conviction about abortion, and we still believe the scripture is you know, accurate and want to follow it. We're just questioning how we've applied it. But even by doing that, a lot of Christians didn't understand us. And we had had a long road, I would say, mm -hmm. by that point, mm -hmm. trying to help our board understand and our staff understand. We want to listen to women, you know, and this is our main place we landed at. 
the woman is equally as valuable as a child. And we would try to frame it and say sometimes in the political dialogue, it can appear that pro-life just values a child and pro-choice just values the woman. I know that's not true with people on the ground, but that can be the political narrative that's happening. Could we create a third way of talking about this that says we're equally as passionate for the woman and the child? What would that look like in our practices and our services? And what we realized is that would be meeting the woman exactly where she's at, uh, making no assumptions about her or how where she's at in this journey, and really listening to her. Denise, in fact, instituted a counseling model, a professional counseling model, with all the ethics of social work, of really listening to where she's at and focusing not on what are you going to do, what's your decision, but what do you need right now? Yeah, and um, when I came in, which was a year and a half or so after Angie, again, I had come from a faith-based background, even though I'm a professional social worker, I have worked in a lot of ministries, but I really had no understanding of how uh, Christians were engaging in the space of abortion. And I was taken back. Um, and, and I think from the get-go thought, really, is this what we're doing? Is this all we can do? Um, and yeah, I think I did realize that there were some practices that didn't match up with um, what we knew to be true of how Jesus would engage if he was here today, that there was some, she was a means to an end. We were missing her. We weren't valuing her equally. There was sometimes, uh, some manipulation or some deception in some of the ways we would go about, uh, working with her in order to, uh, pressure toward, um, not having an abortion. And, and we really had to, we had to examine our hearts on Mm -hmm. that. And we had to examine uh, our organization and say, um, Hey, if we're going to say we're Mm faith-based and we're a Christian organization, then we really better be representing who we know Christ to be. And if we're not, then we need to do some house cleaning. And so I think Angie, that started us on a journey of saying, okay, let's, not get defensive. Let's ask the community what our reputation is. Let's ask um, our women what mm-hmm. they we what did they need with women. Yeah. yeah, to find out what they really needed. Let's find out, and then let's transform. Yeah. for the betterment of women and children. Yes, and and remember, this is two thousand five when I came on. Denise came on in two thousand seven, so this is a, a long time ago. And um, you know, we tried talking to other folks in kind of the pregnancy organization world, and it, it, it didn't go really far. We found a lot of resonance with churches, though, and pastors who said, you know what, I really care about this issue. I hate that um, Christians are perceived as being anti-woman because that's not the way we are in our faith. What can we do? They were responsive to having this conversation. So I think that was the place we were at, having the conversation yeah. with churches and, and pastors, doing research with women to find out yeah. the real core emotional need. And I think by the time we met you, Laura, we had realized that the niche we could fill in this space is the professional counseling. You know, there's a lot out there when you find out you're pregnant, a lot of information. And actually, that's what mm-hmm. Karis had been doing, a lot of information. Here are your options, mm-hmm. these things. The research showed us that the emotional um, state a woman was in was one of a bit of shutdown and feeling isolated, panic, sometimes even shame. And we thought we had really meet this need, especially with Denise's background as a social worker, 
by really transitioning to a professional counseling model um, and let giving her the space to be heard and just focusing on acceptance and support, not telling her which mm-hmm. decision to make. So by the time we had that first phone call, we, we had yeah. made quite a bit of that transition. We were still learning. We were still on a journey, but I think we had transitioned quite yeah. a bit at that point. Right. So then when you spoke to me, your initial request was about helping you with this grant. Because right, we didn't know that. Right. And so I said, well, Denise. That you hated us. No, I didn't. <laughs> I said, well, I, I hated what the organization yes, yeah. was doing. No, That's no. for sure. So I said to you, well, Denise, I think you need to know a little bit more about me yeah. and who I am because I might not be the right person to help right. you. So right. then I explained to you that while I was the policy director at the Illinois Caucus for Adolescent Health, I spent five years actually trying to actively shut Karis down and work with legislators to try and pass legislation in Springfield that would stop crisis pregnancy centers from giving out medically inaccurate and misleading information and stop unethical practices and using ultrasounds. And um, I have no... Know, uh, remembrance of that conversation. Oh, you must remember, you must have been like shocked when I started saying, and because I the think other I started part asking of it, a lot of questions. You did. You she's are a very good patient. social worker. You're a very good social worker. You're very patient. <laughs> the other part of it was like, so that was one aspect of it. But the other part was I also was actively promoting comprehensive sex education mm. for adolescents yeah. in the state of Illinois. Yeah. And we were fighting against Project Reality, which was selling medically inaccurate sex ed curriculums, right. absence only until marriage curriculums. Yeah, and yeah. so I had convened a you know task force of physicians who were going through the Project Reality curriculum line by line to you know note what was medically inaccurate. And then we were trying to get the health department to stop funding those curricula. And I came to find out along the way that Karis was also behind that <laughs> curricula and that they were the executive director at the time was part of the either the Project Reality Board or the author or whatever. Right. And which we honestly don't know because we weren't around at that we time. Weren't around. Yeah, yeah, a lot of history was lost. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I tried to succinctly explain that yeah. to you on what I thought would be a three-minute phone call. <laughs> and that like, would be oh, the okay, end of it. Okay, thanks so Bye-bye. much. Bye. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, and you instead said, wow, that's really interesting because we're on a journey to okay. change our practices. Yeah. And I said, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. And so in that first phone call, you and I said enough to each other. Uh-huh. To start to pull the curtain back. Huh. And yeah. we said, well, okay, maybe we should keep talking to yeah. each other. Yeah. And I still said, this might not right. work. Yeah. And you said, well, that's okay. It'd be really interesting to talk to you. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Because yeah. my other experience of people working at places like Keras or Project Reality was if they talked to me, they were usually yelling at me. Mm-hmm. I would yeah. be in public forums mm-hmm. that would be about, can we start a school-based health center in a high school? Or can we promote comprehensive sex education in a community? And they would come to those public meetings, and I would get up to speak as the Mm. policy director and be citing research and this and that about adolescent health. And they would be shouting at me from the back of the room and saying, you know, I was going to go to hell and... Uh-uh. No, 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 really? Yeah, seriously. No. Someone said seriously. that? Yeah, they did. That and you're you know, going to go to hell. Yeah. That, um, yeah. oh, and not just... to listen to me. <gasps> this yeah. happened to me at a health department uh, hearing in one county close to Chicago. It happened to me at a town hall meeting in a school in a nearby um, community. And then it happened again at, at a few other forums. Wow. But like these were public Gosh. meetings where people were 
expected to come up. And, and everyone knew it was to, controversial. To share yeah. your opinion, you got to, or, and they yeah. asked me. the The government entity said, "Can you please come and share information wow. about the the current laws, just mm-hmm. to educate the audience sure. so they understand current legislation?" And I would get up just to give my, yeah. you know, yeah. understanding of the law wow. and our position on the law, wow. and get yelled at. And I knew that was part of it. Like yeah. this was like oh my just the drill, so to speak. But that's yeah. awful. But that was yeah. my experience of people who were also running Karis. Yeah. So yeah. when you called and talked to me. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe you continue to talk to Because I don't think you're, I don't know if you've ever told us that. Not Her. the level of, yeah. I've never heard you say that yeah. Christians said to you that because of your interpretation yeah. of the law, you're going to hell. Yeah. Like yeah. that yeah. is abhorrent. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I am so sorry. Yeah. Like yeah. that's, and shows a lot about your character that you would still oh. want to even take a phone call yeah. from a Christian who you would have associated with sure. those same people, knowing that they had said that to you. Right. But I knew, and I still know that no one of any one group represents the totality of the group, right? And I was raised Catholic, so I certainly came up in a very religious family and in a church that's pretty intense about what it believes and how it judges people. So Mm. that part, it wasn't that you were calling me and you were a Christian that I thought would be a reason we couldn't work together. I thought it was because you were the COO of Karis, an organization that I knew to be doing medically inaccurate and unethical practices. So how could we work together if that were to be true? But you told me the opposite. You said we came to understand these practices were not the way we believe women should be treated, and we're changing them. And I thought, wow, wow, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. So I wonder if we can stop here yeah. um, real quickly. I just want to uh, highlight something you said. No one person represents the totality mm. of any group they're associated mm. with. That's beautiful, really. It really is. And mm-hmm. it's our heart in this yeah. podcast of having new conversations. I think the reason that happened to you is that there wasn't, you know, one person on each, I'm quote unquote side, I'm mm-hmm. using quotation marks here, that could just sit down and have a conversation and realize that at the end of the day, we're all people. I think so much of what gets elevated is we misinterpret what that other group is really even saying. Mm -hmm. Like if you had said, well, I don't know for sure, but I would hope that if you had said, here's where the places we think this is medically inaccurate, people would have had a reasonable conversation. Well, here's the studies we're using to get this information. Can we do Mm -hmm. some more digging? And Wouldn't that have been the most productive thing? But it's really sad Mm -hmm. that there's just this trigger, I'm all right and you're all wrong, and that shuts down the conversation. Right. And not only does it shut down the conversation, but we think we have license then to treat people with hatred and with anger and with disrespect. And that gets us nowhere. And I love that you said, I mean, wow, I I've had so much respect for you, but now I have even more because you really (laughs) did not, (laughs) you didn't have to take that phone call. You had every right to say, even though maybe these people are okay, I don't want to be bruised and hurt again. I don't want to enter mm-hmm, back mm-hmm. into a world where, you know, where I felt that way, even right. for your own self-protection, but you didn't. And yeah. here we are I know. eight years later, which is yeah. such an awesome thing. And that's why we're having this conversation right. to, to demonstrate, to show people that this is possible. That we can we do want to have this, a lot and more we're these, normal yeah. people. We're nothing mm-hmm. special in I mean, terms of. I mean, come on. Well, Angie's not <laughs> we, that normal, but Laura and I are pretty normal. Special. We're special and odd. And odd at the same time. 
So I yeah, that's but really I think powerful. you too really have to understand that you were taking a tremendous risk mm -hmm. by doing what you were doing. Mm -hmm. And that took as much courage mm -hmm. and maybe more so than, I mean, I was just a consultant that you were calling up to say, can you do this piece of work? You were leading an organization mm -hmm. that was your life work mm -hmm. and was connected to your beliefs. Yeah. And that's huge. Mm -hmm. So it took a lot of courage for you to look at what was going on yeah. and say, this isn't right. Mm -hmm. This does not fit with what I thought I would be doing. And it's not mm -hmm. right for the woman. Mm -hmm. And that's really what I heard right away from okay. both of you yeah. was that you went right to we if we do what's right for the woman in this situation, we'll be doing what's right for everybody. Yeah. And that's the common ground. Yeah. Because I really believe anyone who is someone who feels really strongly about reproductive rights and maternal and child health, they are all about how do we help the woman? Mm, yeah. And that that's the common ground. That we can all right? have, yeah. That sometimes people start to get, you know, wiggy when they start talking about what's going to happen to the pregnancy. And then we get into all of the divisions and yeah. the debates. And that's really important. We do need to talk about what's going to happen to the right. pregnancy sure. and what that means. Sure. But if the starting point is we believe that the woman is the center of our work, then we can find common ground. So and I heard you guys say that from the get-go. Around yeah. the woman. Yeah. You yeah. heard the value yeah. for the woman. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So we will circle back. I'm going to probably say that when you say the practices were medically inaccurate and unethical, that mm -hmm. might be a trigger for some Christians listening. So I understand that. And we'll get to that, either okay. in this podcast or the next one. <laughs> um, we don't know how many we're going to do. Mm -hmm. But I think let's finish hearing the journey. Because yeah. okay. then, you know, because I think what, what, what we're planning on doing is once we hear the journey, addressing some of the triggers mm -hmm. on each side, some of the stereotypes types yeah. on each side to help us have these conversations. So right. we will circle back to that. Okay. But yeah. tell us from your experience then, I remember one beautiful thing you said that first time we met in the Starbucks in Oak Park. Like I can still see it, but I don't want to say that yet. What was your impression? Remember we, the three of us met, mm -hmm. you heard us talking about the woman. Was that the main mm -hmm. thing? Was there anything else from that first meeting that, that caused you to say, I will have another conversation with these people? I think it was that talking to you evoked my experience when I was at Chicago Women's Health Center mm -hmm. as well, which was that we were seeing women coming in for comprehensive reproductive health services and for social work. So I'm a licensed clinical social mm -hmm. worker as well. Mm -hmm. wow, and I started, <laughs> I started the counseling program at Chicago Women's Health Center because we were serving a group of uh, essentially young women and older women who came to us because we had a very open way of providing their health care without judgment, without any, you know, uh, ways in which we said this is how this all should yeah. go. It, she was absolutely the center of the care that mm -hmm. she received, which also meant that sometimes women would come to us for health care. They'd find out they were pregnant. They would go have an abortion. Then they'd come back to us for health care and they would struggle with the after effect for mm -hmm. them of having made that yeah. choice and yeah. having had an abortion. And so we started a support group for those women mm -hmm. because we realized it was a need yeah. and there was enough of them. They were asking for us and we got pushback from our mm -hmm. own community saying, oh. why are you doing that? Mm -hmm. That will okay. be seen as something that says abortion is wrong. Okay. And we said, no, it's not yeah. saying abortion is wrong. It's yeah. saying women who are struggling with 
having had an abortion and need to talk to people you about care. it for all sorts of reasons. Sure. It may right. not be about the medical procedure she yeah. had. It may be about how her family didn't support yeah. her. It or may the loss be about of the relationship. The loss of, it, it, yeah. Right, exactly. That's And we went into that quite innocently, yeah. and everybody got upset with us. Mm-hmm. So I, So in talking to the two of you, I started to realize how much common ground mm, we had yes. because I completely agreed with your approach that a woman facing an unplanned pregnancy needs support. Mm. And for some women, they actually need professional counseling yeah. or at least something beyond what you get in the doctor's office, yeah, you know, exactly. when you're going for an appointment. Right. Yeah. So I, and I understood mm. how the abortion debate yeah. and the, the political divide about this um, topic was actually preventing people from entering into the best way to provide mm-hmm. practice mm-hmm. to the women, like keeping the women in the center, not the debate. Yeah. The yes. Right, right, right. Okay. So I heard that in the Starbucks, yeah. which I in love Starbucks. Starbucks. <laughs> I have well, to say. You told us that we were being, um, and this is the best thing. I'm a seven on the Enneagram. I'm a visionary. It's the best thing you could ever tell a visionary. You were like, you guys are like pioneering and trailblazing. You use those words. Yeah. And I was like, yes, I like her. <laughs> well, and so we were finding the same thing similar on, on as we were working through this, as we were going with our staff and, and working through saying, you know, let's put the woman in the center. Now, ours came from a theological place, which we've discussed in another podcast, that we think God intertwined a woman and a child when they're pregnant. And it's just never part of his story to try and help one and bypass the well, other. it's impossible. Yeah. By design, I mean that. Right. Yeah. So that's how we came at it. And we were um, we were trying to say, let's help the woman. Let's focus on her. And people criticized us because they thought that meant we didn't care about the child right. and the pregnancy. We were like, that's a, like, just like you were like, that's not what we're saying. So we saw the political divide and the political narrative um, keeping people distracted from actually helping women who are who are facing unplanned pregnancy. So that is cool. And I'm trying to think back that we both saw that in that very first meeting, even though you knew, okay, they're still doing ultrasounds like that triggered you. And we didn't even know really what pro-choice meant to you at that point. So mm-hmm. I'm sure we had mm-hmm. some, we had yeah. a lot of unanswered questions, I guess I'm trying to say, but we found that common ground quickly enough that it motivated both of us to keep talking. Right, right. And then it was through additional conversation that we started to see, okay, we see the outlines of the common ground. Mm -hmm. Now we're starting to talk about the edges (laughs) where we're different. And we came to understand without initially saying it out loud at first that we were each getting triggered. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, this word's starting to get a little overused in our vocabulary, but it's true. It was. It did feel like that, yeah. One of us would say something and the other one would have a visceral reaction. Yes. And for me, it was when I really finally probed to see, are you still using ultrasounds right. and heard your answer? And then I was like, all right, stop, stop mm-hmm. the conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I went home and I thought, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Will this be Which the you thing? Didn't well, this, tell us because you were so nice. No, yeah. I, I was is Midwestern it? nice, so I kept <laughs> yeah. that part to myself. Yeah, right, right, right. And for you guys, my memory is one of the things that you were like, stop, let me get off, <laughs> was when I kept saying, you have to say it's her decision. Like the word decision seemed to be so troubling. Isn't that and we had a long conversation about the use of the term decision. And I kept saying, but that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. And I don't even remember why yeah. and why I was. Yeah. I know. I, I know yeah, we I were think, getting misunderstood by Christians yeah. a lot. And so yeah. I think we were, We I was definitely wound a lot tighter back then trying yeah. to yeah. figure out the right words. I, and I think, again, part of it was 
just this journey we were taking together of trying to learn how to have our line that we mm-hmm. say, okay, this is something I think we can't cross, this is but my yet conviction. still be in relationship and learning from each other and hearing each other and growing and understanding. Yeah. And so we'd never done that before. Yeah, it was, mm-hmm. it was new. And so we, as much as we were maybe saying, you know, we can't use the word decision to you, you're probably asking ourselves, can we, can't we, what, you know, what, you know, we're learning, right. you know what I'm saying? So right. you were helping us figure all that out. Like why is it, right. this is what we would ask. Like, why is that triggering me? Yeah. You know, there was so much coming at us in those early days. I think we had to say, why, why is this triggering me? And why, of yeah. course it's her decision. Of course yeah. she's making right. a decision. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So. yeah. Why do we think we can't use that word? Where is that coming from? Right. You know, and all of that. And yes. Yeah, and so. I was doing the same for myself. I was saying, why am I so upset that there's an ultrasound yeah. machine in there? <laughs> right. Because right. ultrasound in and of itself is a very important tool in pregnancy. Yeah. Right. Right. But what but was the, the trigger? The trigger for me was I knew it had been used Misused. by crisis pregnancy centers Misused. to manipulate women. Yeah. They yes. would take the ultrasound. Yeah. They would draw hearts around the baby. Yeah. They would say, hi, mommy, don't kill me. Right. And they'd hand it back to this vulnerable yeah, woman right. and say, here's your baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what that's horrible. Yeah. I mean, that's damaging. And we were getting women coming to the health center for counseling, yeah. having gone through experiences like right. that, needing support to get over that experience. Right. Yeah. So now did they really say, don't kill me? That that's going to be a, yeah. so you really they heard really, that. I, okay. That was that, something women came back and, and said, said that you, had happened to I'm them. So, and I believe yeah. them. Right. Yes. Why, I would, believe they, women's why would they make that up? I didn't know if you're speaking hyperbole or if you no, actually you I am not. No. That, yes. And I've heard that story from around the country. That's, so it wasn't yeah. just one yeah. isolated, yes. you know, unfortunate incident. Right. But it was something that was happening over and over right. again. And so that's the other reason why, okay, we've got to figure out how to yes. get this to stop. Yeah. Because this shouldn't be happening. It's yes. traumatizing yeah. people. Yes. Yeah. And and again, that goes back to manipulation. You know, we then told you how we use it. Right. You did. And so yeah. then I had to sit there and think, huh, can I trust them? Yeah. Can to I use believe it. that? Mm-hmm. And even if I believe Angie and Denise, mm-hmm. do I believe their staff will yeah. actually follow what they're told to do? Yes. Or will they from their own religious beliefs or their own, you know, ideology, the fervor of mm-hmm. maybe what they think they're doing. Yeah. Well, they go ahead and secret do it anyways. Right. So I wanted to get rid of that ultrasound machine <laughs> so that nobody could do it. Even if you told me it wasn't oh, happening, yeah. I just wanted to get it out. Yeah. Yes. And then one step further on this journey, Taylor's, and then you had to say, okay, they're keeping ultrasound. I really don't want them to. I want to walk in there and shut it down. I can't. I have they to, have a choice. Yeah. They, they have, have a decision. decision. Yeah. No, I'm serious, yeah. you know. Yeah. And yeah. I have to I have to live with that. Can I still keep working with them even though that's kind of one of those lines if you will of right. I, I disagree with this. You know what right. I mean? Yes. But for some reason and I'm curious, you did. You said even past that I'll still work with them. I'll still right. be in relationship and 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 right. work together. Well, it's because the answer you gave me, I felt like I could live with it. Okay. You know, I understood that from your perspective, women were coming to you, they were getting free counseling, they were getting a free pregnancy test, and they were getting a free ultrasound. So they were getting a level of information about mm-hmm. their pregnancy that 
you said they really wanted, that mm-hmm. they were distressed. It was an urgent situation mm-hmm. for them. They had no one to talk to. Yeah. They felt safe doing that with you. Yeah. And on the face of it, that all sounds fine. Like, what could be wrong with that, right? right? Uh, so I accepted that, yes, on the face of that, that seems pretty good, but could you please quickly get them to a healthcare provider? <laughs> yes, right, right, right. Where right. if they need an ultrasound, yeah, you know, yeah. it's part of their health care, right? Yeah. It's yes. not part of counseling. Yeah. That's what, right. Because it had been misused, yes. I was fearful it would be continue sure. to be misused somehow. Yeah. And I also felt like, okay, if you want to transform and become a professional counseling center, I knew I was running a health center. We didn't have an ultrasound for right. the clinic. We didn't have it for the counseling program. And I think I said at the time, I'm a licensed clinical social worker. I've yeah. ne- never had an ultrasound right. in my yeah. office. I never <laughs> needed it for professional right. counseling. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. So, but it, again, it became, it sort of in a way, it became a symbol. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I decided, okay, this is so not a deal breaker okay. because it's more about what I was concerned was happening and yeah. what it meant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, I, what I also worried at times was though, was it a symbol for the supporters, the religious supporters of your organization? Mm-hmm. Like if you stopped using the ultrasound, would somehow they then say, okay, you two have crossed a line. Oh, okay. Like yeah. you have to keep that in there because yeah. we do want women to see a picture of their baby. Right. Like they would, yeah. they would somehow think that was yeah. a line in the sand. Yeah. And I didn't know if that was true or not. And yeah. I felt like that wasn't up to me to figure out that right. that was really up to That's you guys to figure out. That you didn't out. even ask. And yeah. Wow, that's yeah. you really trusted us. Yeah. That. Well, that yeah, I know. I was going to say it's like what it comes down to is every s- step of the way you were having to decide if you could rebuild some trust with kind of what you knew of our organization, but also of us as people, and then take the next step. And I guess we were doing the same, the same right. with you. And well, we, we should talk about that because I don't even know. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: we didn't have. Um, by the time we met you, we didn't have, we had not worked in this space. So the only conflict we had had was more with people from the extreme pro-life position, to be honest, that mm-hmm. were questioning, like, if you apply this, if you don't tell her not to have an abortion, and if you don't, you know, do this, you're really not doing, you're not towing the line. And we were like, that's not how Jesus acted. And, you know, mm-hmm. we had had more of that. We had not had interaction with a pro-choice person. So we were a bit, I'll admit it, we, we were naive. <laughs> I, you're laughing because you're like, people think you're not. Well, we were, but sometimes that's good, right? Because we weren't colored by anything. But um, I think for me, and we can talk about this, when I heard your view on abortion, I was like, wow, we agree on so much about this. And I mm-hmm. think that's a fallacy when, you know, we'll, we are going to have to end this and we'll start another one, but I want to get to what, what our common ground is. But I think that's a fallacy. I would say that pro, some pro-life people have of pro-choice people is there's this perception out there. Well, and some people use the word to be pro-choice is to be pro-abortion mm-hmm. and that's just not mm-hmm. true. And that's this fallacy. And so, you know, I can speak to my view and you can speak to your view, but as we're talking mm-hmm. over lunch, we really have, we're pretty similar. We right. disagree. There's definitely a line, but we have more in common than we disagree on. Absolutely. And how we I view think, it. I think that's true that we do. So for, for you to, to continue to talk to me, I think you had to decide what was it that you were going to get from having this conversation mm, yeah. for me? Yeah. Right? Like how really was I going to help you? Yeah. And for me, I had to trust that, in fact, this was going to lead to women being helped in a better way, mm-hmm. that I could not reach myself mm-hmm. because they, 
These are women who are going to places that I will never work in. Yeah. I will not be an employee there. Mm-hmm. I won't be a participant in that. So that's the reason they have common mm-hmm. ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you all are trying to transform inside your churches and inside mm-hmm. these centers, right? Mm-hmm. Which is way harder than what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm just talking to you guys, Aww. right? I mean, yes, I'm on your behalf, I'm talking yeah. to other people yeah. who are reproductive rights advocates and maternal and child health experts. Yeah. And they do not trust you because right. they haven't met you. Yeah. Right. Although the the women we talked to in 2011 in Chicago certainly trusted you yeah, and came right. in and yeah. spoke to you quite a bit. Right. Right. I think it's harder now. And we yeah, should talk about that yeah. on another we'll podcast. We'll talk on the next yeah, podcast. I want to get to our common, end with on, our common ground. Okay. I was just going to say, oh. or we could end this piece on just to know, but whatever vantage point we were all coming from a little bit different, we still both, all of us had to lay down our perceptions and our stereotypes and our, what we think we knew about the mm-hmm. quote unquote other side. Yes, for sure. Right. Uh, and enter in with almost like a blank slate of maybe we don't know anything and let's, let's learn and find out. And, and we really have learned a lot from that, haven't we? Yeah, we have. Well, and again, this idea of we can stereotype a whole group and we do it all the time in our country, but when we sit down and meet a person and open up our ears and listen, it it changes everything, you know, because that's, that's more the truth of what's going on. And like you said, not one person represents the totality right. of what we see displayed. Yeah. So that's actually a better way to end it, Denise. Yeah. We'll end it here. We'll start the next one with Common Ground because yeah. you can tell I really can't wait to get to that, right? Um, so yeah, hope you'll join us for part two of this podcast. And in the meantime, try to have some new conversations about abortion. <laughs> <laughs>